Hello and welcome to What's the Story Ghost? I'm your host, Annette. And I'm Stephen. And today we're on episode 54. 54. Uh, Stephen, this has become like a a you travel guide now. Every time I'm like, have you been to Chicago? No. Have you been to Chicago? I have not been to Chicago. Oh, okay, cool. We're going to Chicago today. We crack on? Crack on. Deep Dish Pizza, Wrigley Field, Lincoln Park Zoo, or the famous stainless steel bean. Chicago has its signatures. Among the stunning architecture deep within the brickwork lies a ghostly history that Chicago does not try to hide. In fact, they lean into it. The Nederlander Theatre in Chicago is where we're going today, but not today. We're going to December 30th, 1903. A fire broke out in what was then the brand new Iroquois Theatre, the Nederlander Theatre today. Open but six weeks before the fire started, the theatre was built with a promise of safety as there was an awful problem with theatres and fires across the country. The owners, designers and builders were building this theatre with the intention that it be completely and utterly fireproof. The theatre was scheduled to be open before the holiday season in 1903, but construction only started a few months earlier. I've seen buildings now that take longer than that. But the owners believed that it would be too busy a season for them to miss. The later months, January and February onwards, tend to be quieter. It was clearly an unrealistic expectation unless shortcuts were taken. So they wound up paying off all the city inspectors to pass the building through inspection and get the theatre open. But it wasn't ready. Some vital parts of the construction weren't even finished. So, the opening goes ahead and the first six weeks go quite well. Then the afternoon of December 30th comes around quickly and there's an afternoon matinee performance. A children's comedy starring Eddie Foy, a well-known comedian at the time. The performance was said to be a children's comedy, but it was about a man who murdered his wife and hangs her from a meat hook in the closet. That sounds terrifying, but a children's comedy is what they said, so. The first act goes fine. Splendid as can be, until halfway through the second act, it's said that the spotlight above the stage shorts out, throwing sparks in an area below. The area below was like a backstage storage area where they kept costumes, paint, and paint thinners, and as you can imagine, this ends up igniting. Initially, everyone was calm. No one panicked. They were told the theatre was fireproof, so why ever would they panic? There was purportedly a fireproof curtain that went down the centre of the theatre. The fireproof curtain was made of asbestos and wood pulp. Eddie Foy, the lead in the play, was said to have gotten up on stage and talked to the audience. He said, Yes, there is a little fire, nothing to worry about. This theatre's fireproof. If we have to exit, we'll exit in a very calm manner. He continued singing a little number to keep them calm. But the first sign of trouble came when the fireproof curtain was being lowered and it snagged. All attempts to manually pull the curtain down were pointless. It wouldn't budge and that's when people start to panic and make their way towards the exits. The cast and crew started to exit first, but as the theatre had been slowly starved of oxygen, 
On opening the exit doors, there was a massive backdraft effect, throwing a wall of fire back into the theatre. This is the moment all reason was lost and it became an every man for himself type of situation. Everyone began running for the exits. One of the major safety points of this new fireproof theatre was the multiple emergency exits. However, they neglected to light up said fire exits to help people find them in the event of an emergency because they were afraid the lights would be too much of a distraction and take away from the show. But even when they did locate the exits, they couldn't use them until they found out a way to break through the lock the owners had bolted the doors closed with in an attempt to stop non-paying customers sneaking in and seeing a show for free. It was almost impossible to unlock these doors in the dark with a fire now raging behind you. For those sitting in the balcony area, they had an alternative emergency exit. People started to exit through the doors leading to the fire escapes on the outside of the building. Here, roughly 120 people fell to their death, running to fire escapes that hadn't been built yet, that should have led them to safety in the alley behind the theatre that was called Death's Alley the very next day by the papers. Nowadays, in any building required to have a fire exit, there is a bar you push and the doors open out, away from you, into the outdoors. However, in the original Iroquois theatre, they didn't open outwards. And when you have a crowd, panicking and scrambling, pushing each other forward, it is nearly impossible, or dare I say, just plain and simply impossible, to open the doors inwards with a swarm of people pushing forward. And a fire in an outdoor area isn't by any means quiet, so an indoor fire, laying waste to the theatre itself and people crying and screaming would only have made it again impossible to try and shout instructions to anyone to move back from the doors. Something that I learned about this story that today would never happen, could never happen, is that the fire department never responded. But that wasn't because the alarm just went unanswered. The alarm inside the building had never been connected. Not even the sprinklers were connected. A stagehand who managed to make it out safely realised the situation with the fire alarm, so pulled the manual alarm on Randolph and Dearborn Street. This would be the first time the fire department was made aware that there was a fire. But by the time the firefighters got to the building, the fire had all but put itself out. When they opened the doors to the marquee, There was nothing but silence, silence and dead bodies piled high as they were trying to climb over each other and get away from the blazing inferno. 602 people died in the fire. It is the single deadliest building fire in terms of loss of life in American history and the single deadliest theatre fire worldwide. With all the loss, death and destruction, can you hazard a guess how many people paid fines or did time after this? One. One man went to jail. He was caught pickpocketing one of the bodies as they lay in the alley. The owners, designers and those who let the inspections pass were brought up on charges, but they simply paid off the judges and the charges were dropped. So it's no wonder that the theatre today is seriously haunted. It's said that the cast and crew that perform today will be in rehearsals, on stage and look up to the balcony, only to see shadows moving in hurried motions, like glimpses, but enough that you know you saw it. Or they'll bump into full apparitions of people, dressed in period clothing, making their way on the back stairs, probably to or from their seats. There have been sightings of people in the alley, 
where over 100 people dropped to their death. Pictures have been taken on ghost tours with more in the photo than originally thought would be. Nearby buildings were used on the day as makeshift wards and sadly, morgues. The Marshall Field and Company building, which now houses Macy's, State Street in Chicago, gave up its eighth floor for such uses. There have been stories of people taking their own lives on that floor. At one point, they had, but have since moved, the new employee lockers on the eighth floor. But new staff experienced the strangest encounters and feelings, and staff turnover was seriously affected. The only good thing that ever comes from situations like this, and if you're like me, you have to find something good or you'll lose your faith in humanity, is that fire code laws were drastically changed. What seems like the minimum requirement today, like fire alarms, sprinklers, fire exits that open out, and for fire exits to be clearly marked and lit, were optional back then. You didn't have to have them and therefore were not enforced. I would love to say we've learned from our mistakes and stopped assuming that everything we made was foolproof. Instead, less than 10 years later, we called a ship unsinkable. I know that was really short, but what did you think of that story? That was really good. Yeah, it was. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I liked the way you ended on the thing that I was like, the one thing that I was going to talk about. This is awfully like the Titanic. <laughs> um, this this story I'm kind of glad it was as short as it was because it really rang true for me now in fairness the incident I'm talking about happened 30 years ago Valentine's Day last year um, so it was before I was born but it had a knock on effect because my dad had friends that probably oh, yeah. went to it and your dad probably had friends that went to it and so for anyone who doesn't live in Dublin uh, or Ireland for that matter because it would it's historical now at this stage uh, we're just referring to stardust it's the exact same thing there was a fire it started off really small loud music strobe lights you know disco lights going off nobody really noticed and then before they knew it they realised they couldn't get out because all the doors had been chained shut because they didn't want people getting in for free and I'm like it wasn't that wasn't a fire was it that was the that was, f- floor collapse or no something. that was a fire was the whole building ended up coming down on top of them like the floor the ceiling was on fire that fell down oh okay so maybe that's what you're what, that's what you're saying there I think from uh, I know the girls in Murder Most Irish covered it and I ended up crying listening to them and the two girls are fairly like you know one's a dub and one's from Longford they're fairly strong girls and the two of them were crying and then I was crying and everyone was crying but they were talking about you know how some of the people that were parked outside were trying to put chains around the barred windows and putting them hooking them to their car to try and pull the, the bars off and I was just kind of like that wasn't that long ago that was only 30 years ago like you can understand something like that happening in 1903 yeah. but for something like that to still keep going on that's why I, I laughed like 10 years later they then called the Titanic the unsinkable ship yes which is a bold statement that's fine well, have your bold statement have... <laughs> it didn't age well have your bold statement but don't not put lifeboats on the deck because you're afraid you're going to lose deck space and it's not aesthetically pleasing I would much prefer a couple of people get in and see a free show or a couple of people get in and have a free mm. disco or a couple of people have to like not we were, walk their dogs on the first yeah. deck. When we were on the cruise and we could see all the ships, all the, the life ships and stuff and I was like, yeah, I haven't got a full view of the ocean but, you know, at least I might survive. I know. <laughs> You'd get now, over it. In, in our defence, we didn't have one outside our balcony. 
No, that's true. That's true. Some people did. Their balcony view was a lifeboat. But I'd say their room was exceptionally cheaper than ours. So we paid for what we got. And we got what we paid for. It was funny (laughs) when you... Because when you were reading this and you'll have edited all this out. But you kept saying, accidentally saying, waterproof. Oh my God. I won't edit that out because that's funny. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. The building was waterproof and the Titanic was fireproof and they got it mixed up. Yeah, that's... And that's... That sounds um, right. That probably sounds a bit... There's there's actually tons of theatres there's a good few in the UK as well loads of theatres all no but there's a good few theatres most theatres have a theatre ghost oh yeah and it is someone who it could be anyone it could be someone who you know I don't know peaked and just had the time of their life doing whatever their show was be it like Chicago's amazing for um theatre programs like but even in the likes of the UK when they have smaller versions of Wicked or smaller versions of Cats there's there could be someone who's had the best time of their life and then they pass away and they're caught here where are they going to go they're going to go to the place where they had their happiest memories um but yeah the thought of like you going in and you doing your day job because I think people tend to forget actors are working like that's their that's their employment so imagine going in and doing your normal day's work Let's pretend you're not even an actor anymore. Let's just pretend you're a custodian in the background, mind your own business, doing your job, and you look up to the balcony and there's a whole bunch of people in period dress just wandering around. I'm not even sure if you're able to give me any characters for that one. No, it no, wasn't there's really... No, there's no roles. No. And it's funny because it's a story about a play, basically, <laughs> and there's no characters in it. It just somebody came up to look at a stool on a stage. Yeah. That would be it. There was one guy, uh, he, he was quite a big comedian, but he didn't die in the fire. Uh, but 602 people died that's in the fire. That's a lot of people. That's, um, that's devastating numbers. I did, I did, however, I had to actually try and cheer myself up after that because that really, like that. Okay. I that feel like the crap out of me. an F rabbit hole segment is coming up. <laughs> so I did fall down a rabbit hole this week. Um, I love list verse. They have some of the craziest lists and I just wanted something that was going to make me giggle. So I looked up 10 crazy facts that will wow you. Number 10. You were once the youngest person in existence. Oh yeah? Yeah, I know, right? That baby's really cute. There's a picture of a baby, by the way. Next one there is present day. Now I had to think about this really slowly. Present day is closer to the Roman Empire than the Roman Empire was to the beginning of the Egyptian Empire. Oh, look at that. Doesn't that make you feel small in the grand scheme of things? Um, yes. I, I've, I've been on Neil deGrasse Tyson's... Calendar? Calendar. Oh, it makes you and feel just like, so you're small. You're just like a segment of a second at the top of this corner in existence. Yeah, like at the very, very teeny tiny corner. Like, like that's, the, the, that's the existence of humans. That's it, yeah. yeah. Um... The next one there was only 5% of the world's ocean has been explored. We actually know more about the moon than we do about the uh, the Mariana Trench. Yeah. Is that how you say that, Mariana? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next one there is multiple indigenous tribes have had no contact with modern society. We were only talking about this the other day. Uh, yeah, there's Centennial. <laughs> there's, I think, Centennial Island. They actually kill you if you try and yeah, we go onto the island. The last, yeah, 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 yeah. But it turns out, I thought, I thought there was like maybe ten or twenty. There's fifteen isolated tribes in Peru, approximately seventy-seven in Brazil, and then there's the Amazonian countries. There's just tons in there, and then you've got New Guinea, Malaysia, Central Africa. They're classed as, I think, nomads is the right way to okay, say it. Yeah. 
Um, but I was just like, oh my god, that's crazy! Imagine living a life with no podcast. Because <laughs> um, next- people listening to this, like, oh. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great? <laughs> um, the next one there is evidence exists of other life-sustaining exoplanets. That confused me because I don't know what an exoplanet was. Planet on the outside. Is it like an exoskeleton? I don't know. I'm just guessing. I'm oh, just, okay. I'm breaking down. I'm breaking down the words. I the only bit that I did understand from this is it's a Goldilocks planet, and the only reason I know what a Goldilocks planet is is because of Lost in Space. So the first place that they crashed. Yeah. That was classed as a Goldilocks planet because you have water, you have atmosphere, you have... Uh, porridge. <laughs> I don't think they actually have porridge. They have a lot of freeze-dry stuff. How can they call a planet the Goldilocks if they don't have a porridge? Because it's not too hot and it's not too cold, it's just right. But where's the porridge? <laughs> um, the next one there is every decision you make creates an alternative universe. Now, I'm really sorry if that gives people some sort of triggers because I, I make choices very sporadically and I have a bit of an addictive personality but I change my mind a lot Uh, so I I think those two things contradict each other so I make decisions based on I don't know how many eyelashes I accidentally lost this morning when I rubbed my eye and then there's other people out there that literally plan every second of their day and I'm like yeah but what if you went left and I think that freaks some people out Um, but I just think that's mad the next one there is about 1 in 20 men are direct descendants of Genghis Khan. We knew that because we discussed that a little while ago. He was an awful... <coughs> oh, but then again, I'm not saying he was a good person, but remember we discussed this the last time and they had no form of writing. They weren't able to... Um, like They couldn't do journals or diaries or write about themselves. So every single story we've ever been told has been written from people outside of that tribe. So it's all outside perspectives. Ah. We've, uh, the next one there Excel is... perspective. <laughs> Humans. Now again, this is Neil deGrasse Tyson again. This one is the very corner of the calendar. Humans have only been around for 0.004% of the Earth's existence. How small do you feel? Hmm. Insignificant. <laughs> no, you're not insignificant. Uh, if the asteroid hit the Earth in a different location, dinosaurs might still be here today. Yeah, if you weren't shot in the head, you would might not be dead. Like, I don't know what it means though. Does it mean like if it fell in the in the water? If it fell in or... the ocean, or if it fell in a less porous rock, or something? Because yeah, it, sorry. Didn't it didn't it cast up loads of dust and rock and, and stuff that's into the pre- it blocked out I, the sun, and that's pretty yeah. much what because it says here an impact in the nearby Atlantic or Pacific oceans would have meant much less vaporized rock. Yeah. So you actually explained it to me, and then I read it to you. I woman explained it. <laughs> um, and then the last one there is: some land masses on Earth have never been explored by humans in modern society, um, which I don't find very hard to believe, considering there's a whole bunch of tribes that we've never <laughs> even spoken to. Yeah. So they might live there, but modern society in quotation marks, we've never been there. So that was my that was my pick me up after my very sad story. Um, but I just thought it was useless facts and I was like maybe somebody else would like these like Mark <laughs> uh, <laughs> he likes my segment um, but that's it that's all my story have any questions for me? no that's all we finish episode? say a word okay so thank you so much for listening to today's episode if you would like to contact us on any of our socials our email is what's the story ghost at gmail.com if you have any personal stories or if you'd like to DM us our Instagram is just what's the story ghost and those are all my words Exit jingle. Exit jingle. You have one job, Steve. <laughs> you have one job. <laughs>
Bye. I'm a scat man. I think our listeners might be a bit too young for that.